Welcome to Commune, where each week we explore the ideas and practices which bring us together and help us live healthy and purpose-filled lives. You've probably figured out that I am not your host, Jeff Krasno. No, this is Skylar Grand, and I'm Mr. Krasno's better half, and I've deposed Jeff this week in honor of Mother's Day. Now, my own mother, Anne, bequeathed many things to me, a whole slew of questionable personality traits, which seem to be manifesting with increasing frequency the older I get. And one of the things I definitely inherited from my mom is a distaste for holidays like Mother's Day, which appear to have been concocted by the chocolate and greeting card industries. In fact, I don't think I've ever called my mom on Mother's Day, and I don't think she's ever missed it. To be clear, I love being a mom. I love moms. So I dug a little deeper into the origins of Mother's Day to see if, if I was perhaps wrong about my aversion. And, and I discovered celebrations of mothers and motherhood can be traced back to the ancient Greeks and Romans. And they held festivals in honor of the mother goddesses Rhea and Cybele. But the modern incarnation for Mother's Day is the early Christian festival known as Mothering Sunday. The origins of Mother's Day in the U.S. date back to the 19th century. Before the Civil War, mothers' workday clubs were organized to teach local women how to properly care for their children, question mark. And these clubs later became a way that people could come together in parts of the country, especially that were divided after the Civil War. Apparently, Union and Confederate soldiers couldn't say no to their moms when they insisted they all get together on what was called Mother's Friendship Day. The feminist precursor to Mother's Day came from the abolitionist and suffragette Julia Ward Howe. In 1970, she issued the Mother's Day Proclamation, which was a call to action that rallied mothers to unite in promoting world peace. Awesome. Anyway, the official Mother's Day holiday was conceived by a woman named Anna Jarvis, who, after her mother died, rallied for 10 years to create a national holiday that honored the sacrifices mothers made for their children. Jarvis argued that American holidays were biased towards male achievements, and she spearheaded a massive letter-writing campaign to newspapers and prominent politicians. And after almost a decade of tireless crusading, President Woodrow Wilson officially established the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Jarvis envisioned Mother's Day as this personal affair between mothers and their families, maybe going to church. You could symbolize this by wearing a white carnation as a badge and visiting your mom. But it wasn't long before capitalism had its way with things, as it's wont to do. And it took only five years for Jarvis to become disillusioned. And she started publicly denouncing the commercialization of the holiday, urging people to stop buying Mother's Day flowers and cards and candles. But the cat was out of the bag, and... Even though she ended up spending most of her personal wealth in lawsuits against the for-profit Mother's Day industry and actively lobbied to have the holiday removed from the American calendar, Jarvis failed. She remained unmarried and childless her whole life, which may or may not be a reflection of her attitude about the salubrious nature of motherhood itself. 
So there you have it. Definitely a mixed history. Auspicious beginning with a capitalist takeover. Anyway, <laughs> I thought I would commemorate this Mother's Day by dragging my three daughters into the podcast studio with me to see if I can learn a thing or two from them about mothering, because I've kind of really just been bumbling along here for over a decade. So first, I'm going to rustle up my, my number one baby girl. She's 14. Her name is Phoebe. In classic firstborn style, she's, you know, raised in the world of adults, and she's super precocious. She's taller than me by a few inches, which is a totally bitter pill for any mother to swallow, and I still freak out when I look at her. And, of course, this makes her think she's even more mature than she is. You'll see for yourself. Come on in, Phoebs. So, Phoebs, thanks for coming by. I'm really grateful. I know it's a lot. It's a lot it's a to lot take to ask. Time. So, um, I need to ask you a little bit about, uh, you know, parenting, because actually you're kind of the expert, because you're the one who's being parented, and I'm just the parent. So, you want to give me a little, a little wisdom about, you know, what moms really should be worrying about their teenage daughters? I would say give them enough space, like a lot of space, a lot more space than you would think. But then when they do make mistakes with that space, don't always be there to be like holding their hand afterwards. Well, that's a really hard ask. That's so mean because all moms want to do is... Even if they're joking, <laughs> no, it's true though. But I mean, okay, then uh, let me give. Okay, I'm going to give you a follow up question. If you're asking moms to give you more space, and then if you screw up to continue to give you space, where is the mother supposed to put her worry? Like, where? What the hell do you do with like your every night that you're up? not speaking personally or anything, with 3 a.m. insomnia, worrying about your daughter, you know, in an Uber left by the side of the road. Like, I think I think you just got to suck it up and have faith that, I mean, from the 12 years until they get an Uber account, you've taught them well enough. And, I mean, I definitely think boundaries are in order. Like, you know, a curfew... Maybe, possibly, until a certain age and extend it over time. And I mean, I don't know. I think it's different for each parent and it depends a lot on how they were parented. So, for an example, if you didn't have any rules and you're just allowed to like do whatever you want, and then as the child, you saw how scary that could get, the way you parent is probably going to be more hands on. But then understand the fact that, like, the way you thrive is with that space. But if you're someone who had such helicopter parents that were always on you constantly, they aren't going to understand that that's just not best for a kid and treat their kids with more space and, like, room to mess up. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, so, okay, so let me ask you if what you're, if what you're, your big kernel of advice is space. Like, give space, and then when your kid screws up, give more space. Then what's the best way for a mom 
like once your daughter or son is a teenager, what's the best way that you can impact them besides giving space? Like what are the tangible ways you can really have an impact on your kid? I think being there to encourage and like help support their ideas I think that's really important because all teenagers kind of have like a loss of identity and know that they don't have to be worrying about who they're going to become or like what they want to do. So when they come to you with an idea or for a project or for something they want to launch or go more into, it's really important to be there. And even if like they don't want your help, offer it and keep on offering it because they probably do want your help because all teenagers are lazy. Even if they're acting like they want you to go away. It's yeah. like, it's like want me, don't want me. Yeah. 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 That's just like a woman. Um, so, so what would you say then are like the biggest, like the classic mistakes that moms usually make? I think trying to relate to their kids. <laughs> that's so mean again. <laughs> no, no. I mean, not like actually, no. Yeah. I fully mean that. I understand I'm not trying to like get with the lingo of no no of no that's not what Snapchat. I mean. <laughs> but no that's not what I mean. I mean just like it's a hard combination of like you don't want to like be fake and try to relate but then also saying that like oh yeah I understand. I understand because you actually like you have no idea. When kids come to you with their feelings and like finally open up or trying to talk to you about something big and parents are like yeah I get that and blah 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 or I understand but or I felt the same way when I was because you didn't and you're actually never going to understand even though if you have like some parents have a clearer idea than others and some same way with, with kids but it's it's so annoying when people say they understand your problems because they don't I'll say this. Yes, the context and the style and the exact issues change. And no, I don't know what's really going on with you. And I don't really actually, never in your head. But actually, you know, things don't really change that much. So let's see. Um, tell me um, something that would surprise me about what you and your friends want from your moms. Just one little tidbit. Faith, probably, or respect, compliments, <laughs> affection in not just physically but verbally, I don't know, praise. Okay, I got it, I got it. You, you're so pretty, you're so smart, I trust you so much. Now get out of here, go back to your friends. <laughs> Now, my sweet second girl baby, we named Undine, but from day one, her darling older sister dubbed her Lollipop Ice Cream, and, and you know, those, those first kids are really good at getting their way, so she will forever be known within the family as Lolly. Oh, Lolly, she is crazy smart. She's both blessed and saddled with intense sensitivity. She's a pretty classic middle child with a tendency towards martyrdom, you know, always smushed in the middle, embattled by her meanie pants older sister and her bratty younger one, who you'll meet in a bit. But she's also a beautiful poet and a dancer and a 
totally serious little heart warmer snuggler. So hi, Lal. Hi. You just came back from dance. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I didn't really have a choice, but... No, of course you didn't. That's because <laughs> mothers are tyrants. Yeah. Yeah, especially near Mother's Day. We can have a way with you. <laughs> no, thanks for coming. So give me some, like, actionable, like, mothering tips. I don't know. I'm not a mother. I know, but you're the expert because you're the one being mothered. Like, you really know what works and what doesn't, right? Right. I mean, you also have all of these, you know, two sisters. And so you even see from the outside what works and what doesn't with them. So give me a little, give me some wisdom. Okay. Well, I feel like more of a, like a job as a parent is not like disciplining your kids or like making them sure they're on the right path, but is like teaching them to discipline themselves and teaching them how to set themselves on the right path. Let me ask you a couple other quick questions. Let's see. Like, so what do you think is like, what's the biggest mistake that moms regularly make? Not necessarily me, but the moms in general. Taking too much unwanted control, like, whereas to a point where they don't feel like anything is their decision anymore. And while you should be there to support them, that sometimes they need, like, that chance to be free and, like, learn from their mistakes and also, like, adventure into the world that's ahead of them. Cool. Agreed. Okay, let me ask you another question. If there were three qualities that you might take with you into mothering, if you someday become a mother from me, what would those three qualities be? My first sentence is, is like, Giving them partial, like, control of the reins. So whereas they can kind of, like, control their own future, but, like, tempor like temporarily, like, not a long time, like, kicking us out of the house. Like, no more. No. Okay. Um, number two is having a connection that goes beyond, like, I'm your mom. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to tell you what to do. Whereas, like... You get to see them as like, oh, some you'd one you'd maybe even want to hang out with. That's like I feel like with all family, that's like one of the like ultimate goals is to really more than like them, love them as a family, but to love them as a human being and as a person. And lastly is like being proud and like supportive of everything they do, like even when you don't accept it. Because I know some things we do you will probably don't wish us to do and like you think there's better uses of our time but like you're so supportive overall even though we tease you about being the Grinch and stuff. <laughs> you're like you're the truth comes out. You're like you're so invested in making us happy and that is like so important. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Okay, two two big quick super quickies. Does it seem fun to you to be a mom? Um, well there's definitely the high points like oh when your child graduates or something like I don't know. But then there's the low points when you're just like why did I even do this? But I feel like overall it's like the satisfaction of, like, making, like, another person's life better and, like, really contributing to, like, who they are and, like, what they are, you know? Yeah. Totes. Um, all right, last one. 
this is a silly one. So what's the best way for a mom to act around her kids' friends? <laughs> well, it kind of depends, like, the age and the kid in general. For me, my friends, uh, I mean, I'm always super open with my parents, like, with my friends' parents because I'm like, well, this will make them like me more, and I like when my parents' friends like me. Um, but, like, my friends are kind of just, like, right now, well, I just go, I went to a new school, so, like, I have a bunch of new friends, so right now it's not best for you to be your true self because you still, like, kind of introducing it, and if you go completely weirdo on them, they might be like, oh, don't, don't, don't go to that family there their mom is so weird um but like it's good just like when you meet a new friend or like person in general is like like you show them who you are and like kind of like your parenting styles gotcha so like we need I need to give a little bit more structure and only let my freak flag fly at half mast yeah got it got it I got the memo thanks man you're you're always you're always good for a life lesson I love you Okay, Micah, my baby. What to say about Micah? Okay, she's, yes, nine years old, but still my baby. I mean, I did just stop nursing her three years ago. Micah is my strange one. She's fantastically odd and, and absolutely secure in her quirky little grumpy self. Here's a story about Micah. She's five or six. It slipped out that we had no intention at all of having a third child and that I actually came pretty close to having an abortion. And she was completely unfazed. And she just said, yeah, but now I'm your favorite, <laughs> which is true. No, no, of course, mothers don't have favorites. No, we just have a rotating cast of favorites that we play off each other. Or maybe that's just me and my stellar parenting. All right. With no further ado, let's get Micah in here. What am I supposed to do? I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. Why? Why? Because we're doing a little podcast for Mother's Day. Oh, well, why am I here? Because I'm going to do. Because we're doing a little interview with each of my daughters for but Mother's Day. You're the mother. I know. So Jake, shouldn't it be be. be Are we right? recording? All right. So anyway, um, you ready for me to ask you a couple questions? You cool with that? I guess. Yeah. So thanks for coming by. I know it was a drag. It I, was. I know. It was still a, is. Okay. Well, maybe you could like put on a little bit of your amazing acting skills so that you're not like a total Debbie Downer on Mother's Day. How about that? It's not Mother's Day. Well, I know, but we're acting. I already like, did something for Mother's Day today. We had to make something in art. Oh, yeah? Yes. Did you spit on it and rub it in the dirt because you hated your mom so much? I made it for Dad. Oh, that is really a shining example of your great love for me. You're really a turd. I know. I made three, so I might give one to you, one to Dad, and one to Gampa. Oh. I might send one to Gampa. Two, two mans and a lady for Mother's Day. Sweet. I'll put a, that'll put some extra boobs on their chest. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there, there's this really funny lady, and her name is Tina Fey. You know who she is? No. She's an actress. I've seen her on your contacts. <laughs> no, I wish she was in my contacts. No, she's an actress. She's oh. kind of famous. Mm -hmm. But she has this poem that I really like. So I'm just going to read you a little tiny bit of it. I'm not sure if it'll totally make sense to you, but it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a poem about, about daughters. It's kind of like a poem that she's writing to her, to her daughter. Oh. 
And should she choose to be a mother one day, be my eyes, Lord, that I may see her lying on a blanket on the floor at 4.50 a.m., all at once exhausted, bored, and in love with the little creature whose poop is leaking up its back. My mother did this for me once, she will realize as she cleans feces off her baby's neck. My mother did this for me. And the delayed gratitude will wash over her as it does each generation, and she will make a mental note to call me. And she will forget, but I'll know because I peeped it with your God eyes. Amen. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. Oh. What do you think of that? Does it make it's any weird. sense? It's weird. Yeah. Good weird? Mm-hmm. Just it's strange. Strange. Do you get it at all? Kind of. Not really, though. What might Please it Please don't explain it. I bet if you just close your eyes right now. Let's try this. Let's try a little experiment. Close your eyes and take a deep breath. I don't like yoga or meditation or anything peaceful. Don't worry. This is not going to be peaceful. Okay. Just take a deep breath, focus your mind, focus your little laser mind. Okay. And do a spoken word poem about moms. Why? Just for kicks. Just let it rip. Why? Just for fun. Um, um, okay. Why do I, do I have to? You do. Why? I won't but get you sushi. Um, okay, don't get me sushi. <gasps> My mothering techniques are totally falling apart. Okay, here, I'll start it. Being a mom is so very hard. Being a mom is so very hard. You work in the house. You work in the yard. That's very weird. All right. We can move along from poetry. So let me just ask you a couple questions about momming, and we can be done with this. Um, Does it seem fun to be a mom to you? I just want to. I just want a daughter, and I want to pamper her, and I want to, like, spoil her a lot. Oh, interesting. That's my dream. Do you think that you've been pampered and spoiled a lot? No. No? No. Really? No. So, does that mean you think it's fun to be a mom since you want one? No. No. So... Not fun to, like, pamper and love up a little girl? I don't want a baby. I I don't want a young child. I don't like young children. Uh I want a girl that's, like, 10 or 11. Cool, that's called adoption. Yeah, I know, but, like, I don't want to miss the first... So you don't like young children, but you don't want to miss the first bit. Yes. That's tricky. No, because, like, I don't want to miss things, like, when she, like, loses her first tooth... But then, like, she has to lose her first tooth very late. Got it. So why why is it not fun to be a mom of a of a young baby? Like, what why what's not fun about that? They cry. They yeah. cry, and it's annoying. Yeah, but when it's your baby, I have sensitive ears. That's true. I don't really like other people's babies either. But I just when they're your baby, you're kind of wired to love them. Anyway, um, so. You want to be a mother someday, but only but I, one, and you want that kid to arrive fully, you know, realized as like a 10-year-old kid. Yes. I got it. I got it. Let me ask you, like, like what are the most, like, inappropriate things you're like, ugh, moms. Like, give me a, like, what frustrates you or annoys you that moms do? Ugh, when you tease me about my love life, even though I don't have one. 
Very annoying. It's not inappropriate, but it's just annoying. Can I will not tease you about your non-existent love life anymore. So, um, what do you, what do you think are the best parts of being a mom? I don't even know if I want to be a parent. Don't you think I look like I'm having a really good time most of the time? No. No? You got an ear infection and sprained your ankle this last week. I know, but that doesn't have anything to do with being a mom. But you see how much fun I have. I love being with you guys. Okay. So I have one last question for you. So, you know, it's Mother's Day coming up. Did you even know that? Yeah, it's like next week or something. It's coming up on Sunday. This Sunday? So it's... Mother's Day this Sunday. And, um, you know, like, put your put your little nine-year-old mind inside a, a mother's mind. What's the nicest thing you could do to show your mom that you loved her? Really? I don't know. They probably want their kids to, like, make them something. Like, not really, like, buy them something. It really depends how old the kid is. Like, if it's a kid that's, like, a teenager, then, yeah, they can get away with buying them something. But if a kid that's, like, my age, then we kind of have to make you something. Yeah, you could just give me yourself, because that's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Mikes. Thanks for bringing your grumpy self over here. You're welcome. I think to wrap this up, I think I need to call my own mom to resuscitate my ego because as mean as my own children will be to me, my mom will be unfailingly adoring. What would I say about mothering? I would say... Mothering is fraught. Really, childhood stuff is so, it's so important. It's so, it forms you. It forms you in positive ways. It forms you in negative ways. And Jack and I were sadly unformed ourselves. The point that if mothers and mothering... We all need to grow up before we have kids. Grow up. I don't know if it's if it's even Wait, you're saying that you should wait because then so then when you do have children, however many you might have, you're a more adept parent. You're not, you know, just babes raising babes. Yeah, you're not going to affect your children in negative ways. Your amygdala, which is that little almond shaped bit in your brain that is all about, oh, something scary, oh, ouch, oh, watch out, or disgust. It does disgust, too, and it is like a hub of neural pathways, and it actually keeps track of salient events that happen to you, and generally when you're a child, keeps, remembers those somehow, and those events are out of your conscious mind. Right. Let me just say, it's interesting because <laughs> Phoebe's great pearl of wisdom when I asked her for, for a bit of with <laughs> advice about mothering was simply, 
Mothers should give teenagers more space to make mistakes. And then if they make mistakes, they should give them more space after they've made the mistakes. <laughs> and I was like, ah! <laughs> that's the last thing you're going to get. You can ask for that all you want, but no freaking way. But Right. Give you more space so you can make more mistakes or not even pay attention that it was, in fact, a mistake? No, I think she's trying to argue that by the time you're a teenager, you're you need to work it out on your own. They kind of, that really were super, superfluous at this point, that mothers are just, they were just really kind of an accoutrement to life right. after, something to, after 13. Something to slough off. It's a time to slough off the mother. Yeah, Uber with yeah. a wallet. You know, that's all we really are. But, yes, that's right. So oh, wait, furniture. here's so here's my question for you, because I'm still in the thick of motherhood, of, you know, teenagers and preteens and pre-preteens, is she right? Yeah. I mean, is that, is the formation of the amygdala and all that really formative stuff, does that all happen pre-14 for the most part? Can I, can I stop worrying every night in the middle of the night? Or, or do I still need to freak out all the time? What do you think? Do you think that really by the time your, your kid's a teenager, that you, do you think you really have much power left or effect left or is it really you don't have much uh ability or let me see you don't have much traction to change her she is already formed yeah she is formed yeah you know i suppose if you said you're grounded for a month and whatever i guess in some ways you could say there's the, i guess the one traction you have is you can say there are consequences to your behavior and I apply those consequences. And it's good for people to learn that there are consequences. So maybe, in fact, that is the role that you have now. I but just she get probably to be won't tell you what she's doing, and you won't be able to find out. Right, unless she's busted. Well, right. unless she certainly won't tell you if you're going to ground her. Yeah. If there's things that are, you know. No, you can never you know. really punish a kid for the things they tell you. I mean, that's just, I would say, one of the rule number, rules number one of, of teenage parenting is you, you know, if someone tells you the truth, you can't bust them for that, as, as bad as that truth might be. That's, that's a truth to live by. But if they if, lie if, or if sneak. If they yeah. do tell you the truth, you have to not punish them for it. Right. Yeah, I agree. If you do, then they won't tell you the truth. Correct. And, you know, you can offer wisdom that will not be taken, but it'll make you feel not it'll make you feel better to say it. <laughs> yeah. Did you know there's more phone traffic on Mother's Day than any other day of the year? Is that so? That is so. Oh boy. That's pretty cool. All right, Mom. I know if I called for you any time, you would always be there for me. That I know. Yeah, you bet I would be. I would fly as far and as fast as I could. All right, Mommy. I love you. I'm going to take my delinquent girls out to sushi as a thank you for for withstanding the the pain and agony of being interviewed. Um, (laughs) Okay, it wasn't bad. Hey, I just have to tell you, I listened to Jeff's podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. The one about the addiction. Mm-hmm. Great podcast. Wow. <laughs> I emailed him, so you don't have to share that. Well, I'm guess what? That. He'll be back next week after I'm done kicking him off his pedestal. So you'll get some you'll get some good stuff. Week after Mother's Day. 
Okay. All righty. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. I love you, Mom. Love you, too.